Blog Talk Radio.
All right, welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and I'll be your host tonight. If you're just tuning in, you can always check us out on our website, www.prayerinternational.org. If you need to reach out to us by email, feel free to email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. Also, if you need to call in, uh, we are taking calls at 657-383-0861. So I just wanted to start off by a word of prayer, and then tonight we're actually going into the Word of God, talking about prayer, the highest calling. So, Father, right now we just pray, Lord Jesus, your kingdom come and your will be done. Father, we ask, Lord God, that you would touch the hearts of every man, every woman, every person listening tonight. Father, we ask, Lord God, every need, Father, that you would meet them according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Father, for you said you are an ever-present help in time of need. And, Father, we ask, Lord God, that your presence would be with us. Holy Spirit, we invite you to be present among us. We pray, Father, that your anointing would break every yoke. Father, we pray for those, Lord, tonight that are listening that just need a touch from you. Father, those that are in need of peace. Father, you said you would be peace that passes all understanding. And so, Father, we pray over the minds, over the emotions, over the souls of every person listening, Father, that you would bring peace in the midst of their storm, Lord that you would bring peace in the midst of their circumstances. Father, we pray, Lord God, for those that need a touch in their relationships, Lord God. Father, that you would just begin to restore, Father, friendships, restore marriages, Father, restore family relationships right now, Father, because you are a restorer. Father, you're a redeemer. Father, you can reconcile as you choose. And so, Father, right now we just come against every plot, plan, and scheme of the enemy that is trying to divide, trying to destroy, trying to disrupt. Father, families and marriages, relationships and friendships. Father, we ask, Lord God, that you'd bring a unity and a peace. And Father, right now we pray for those, Lord, that are uh, sick in their bodies. Lord, they're struggling. Father, they've received negative reports from the doctors. Father, those, Lord God, that need a touch, in their physical body tonight. Lord, we declare, Lord, that you are a healer. Father, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, you are on your throne. And, Lord, that there's power in the blood of Jesus, Father, that that blood has never lost its power. Lord, we just declare right now for those that need a touch from your Holy Spirit to quicken their mortal bodies right now, Father. We ask, Lord, for wholeness, completeness, restore bodies right now, rebuke, sicknesses and diseases right now father and father what people say are impossible lord you said you would do the impossible and make it possible father so we just speak life over every body right now over every ailment over every sickness right now we just receive your spirit to come quicken us and strengthen us right now in jesus name and, Father, we pray for those, Lord God, that just need to draw closer to you. Father, you said to draw near to you, and you would draw near to those, Lord. 
that, Father, you're looking for hearts. And so we pray, Father, that you would just begin to strip the layers off of the hard hearts. Father, that you'd begin to work in people's lives tonight, Father, to soften their hearts, make them open to you, Father God. Lord, those things that are barriers and blockages, those things that are dividing walls between God and man, Father, that you would help us to overcome every obstacle, Father, that separates us from you. Father, we pray, Lord, peace in people's hearts, not just in their minds, Lord, but in their spirits so that they can have a clear conscience towards you. And, Father, we thank you, Lord. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Have your way, Father, your purposes in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So one thing I wanted to talk about tonight is prayer. You know, the Bible declares that prayer is one of the highest callings, one of the highest purposes. You know, Jesus was constantly talking to his disciples about prayer. You know, he even said to pray for those that despitefully use you and persecute you. He told us to pray for our enemies, to bless our enemies. He said that man does not live by every uh, piece of bread. We don't live by food. We don't live by necessarily the, the things in the physical only. Of course, we need those things to to survive. But we don't live by bread alone, but we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And the only way we can get to a place where we're hearing and listening and understanding what's coming out of God's mouth, what's coming out of his heart, is to be in that place of communion, to be in that place of intimacy. You know, the Bible in the book of Daniel says that they that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. And the only way that we get to know him is by having fellowship and communion with him. And that's in the place of prayer, the place of worship, that secret place, if you will. One thing I just want to declare is that prayer is a necessity. It's necessary. The first point I want to, to bring out is that prayer is necessary. You know, a lot of times we think it's an option. But Jesus made it real clear to us. He asked us, what, could you not tarry with me one hour? When he went up to the mountain to pray and he found his disciples sleeping. One of the questions he asked them is, could you not tarry with me one hour? Now, I don't think that he was setting a time limit on prayer. But he was just making a point that we're not to be too busy to pray. We're not to be too lethargic or too lazy to pray. We're not to be too distracted to pray. But that prayer should be a priority. There should be a priority of prayer in the life of the believer, in the life of the Christian. If you're a son and a daughter of God, then your communion with God should be a priority. 
You know, a lot of times we, you know, we have to sleep. We've got to take care of work. We've got to take care of kids. We've got to do different things. We've got a list of do's and don'ts that we need to take care of. But we need to come to a place where our appointments with God and our time with God is just as important as our appointments with man. We need to begin to make time for God on a daily basis. You know, I think we read about prayer and we teach about prayer, we talk about prayer a lot more than the average person prays. You know, as a Christian, we can sit in church or sit in a Bible study or listen to a radio show or watch a TV show and we can learn and take good notes and learn all about prayer. We can receive teaching about prayer and instruction about prayer, but when it gets down to it, are we really praying? Are we really spending quality time with God? You know, Jesus had the weight of the world on his shoulders. He was carrying a lot on a daily basis, but yet he found time to pray. He would depart to a quiet place and pray. He would go up on the mountain and pray. He would get away from his disciples and get away from the multitudes. And constantly we find Christ running to a place where he could commune with God, where he could commune with the Father, in between all the miracles, in between all the teaching, in between all the healings and the profound things that he would say and do, he would go from one place of prayer to the next. It was a habitual lifestyle for Christ to pray. He found it a necessity, a priority. And so the first thing that I want to point out is that Christians need to make prayer a priority. It's a necessity. It's not an option. But it's something we have to do. It's our lifeblood. It's our, it's our life force. If we don't have communion with God, we don't receive instructions from God that we can walk out in our daily life, then we have nothing. And you're not going to know what God wants you to do unless you're communing with him, you're talking to him, you're fellowshipping. Just like I don't know what my friends want me to do or what my friends are thinking unless we communicate about it. I don't know what my wife wants me to do or what she's thinking about unless we communicate about it. So there's got to be an interaction between two people. There's got to be a dialogue. There's got to be conversation in order for information to be processed or passed down on some kind of level. And with God, your relationship with God operates the same way. He needs to hear from you and you need to hear from him. And it's vital. The second thing that I want to point out is not only is prayer a necessity, but prayer demands solitude. We've got to have a place to pray. We've got to have a place. You know, the Bible says that he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. See, there's a secret place. There's a place of prayer. And that place may be your car. That place may be a, a place in your apartment or your house. 
That place may be a room or a corner of your church. That place may be somewhere outside where you can get away from all the busyness and all the noise. But we've got to have a place of solitude, a place where we have no distractions, a place where we can get with God and pour our hearts out before Him and also be in such a place of solitude where we can receive His instructions. And you know, when the kids are screaming and the TV's blaring and the music is up and the phone's ringing off the hook and the demands of your day are coming at you from the north, south, east, and west, sometimes it's impossible to get in that place where you can receive from God. And so it's very important, important not only do you keep an appointment with God and have a time, but you have a place. And it may change. It may be different places. And it may be different times, depending on the demands of your day or what you have on your plate. But we need a place of solitude, a place that's quiet. You know, Jesus was constantly departing to solitary places, going to a quiet place. They even call the the place of prayer the secret place. You know, Jesus says, what you do in secret, the Father will reward you openly. He talked about going into your closet and praying. And I don't think he was necessarily talking about a physical closet, although for many people that might be a good place to start. But he said, go into your closet and shut the door and speak and commune with your Heavenly Father. And what's done in secret will be rewarded openly. Again, there's a secret place. There's a solitary place. And so we've got to make time for God. We've got to keep our appointments with God. And we have to have a place. And like I said, that place may change. Third thing I want to point out is that prayer has a purpose. Not only is prayer between you and a person, which is God, not only do you need to have a place, but you need to have purpose. You need to have a purpose in prayer. The Bible says without a vision, people perish. If you don't have a vision, if you don't have a purpose, if you don't have a target you're aiming at, you're going to be all over the place. See, the Lord said that he sent watchmen on the walls. Let me just share a few scriptures with you for a minute. So let's go to... Go to Isaiah 62, 6 through 7 for a minute. He says, On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen. All day and all night they will never keep silent. You who remind the Lord, take no rest for yourselves, and give him no rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise of the earth. See, God is looking for people that will stand on the wall 
of prayer. They'll answer the call. The highest call is the call of prayer. The place where we communicate with God the Father. Jesus said, when you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The Bible tells us that if we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to us. That's why Jesus said, your kingdom come. When you pray, say, Father, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because, see, we're we're here as ambassadors for Christ. We're here as children of God to help further the kingdom of God, to establish the kingdom of God, not our own kingdom, not our own plans, not our own purposes. Prayer has to have a purpose. And the first purpose, the Bible says, commandment number one is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So prayer is being intimate with God. Prayer is getting to know God, communicating with God. And like I said before, it's it's not just a one-way conversation, but it should be a dialogue. So number one is getting to know the person, getting to know what he thinks, what 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 are his ways, what are his plans for you. What does building his kingdom mean? And the only way you find that out, like I said, we live by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. So we've got to turn our ear. We've got to turn our hearts towards him. Turn our ear towards heaven. And begin to listen to the sound of his voice. Begin to listen and meditate on his scripture. Meditate on his instructions. Meditate on his laws so we know what purpose we are to fulfill on the earth. We know what plans that he has for us. So that's the number one purpose in prayer is to get to know God and to carry out his instructions in our lives. And another purpose for prayer to stand in that place of intercession, to stand in the gap. You know, God was looking in the Old Testament for men that would stand in the gap, for women that would stand in the gap, people that would intercede and take that place and begin to cry out to him for righteousness to be restored in the land, for people's hearts to be turned back to God. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's still looking for men and women that are going to take that place where they begin to pray for righteousness to be restored in the earth, for hearts of men and hearts of women to be turned back to him, for his plans and purposes to begin to break through into the lives of individuals on a daily basis. See, he says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and that door will be open. But the problem is Jesus said you have not because you ask not. And when you ask, you ask with wrong motives. So a lot of times when we pray, we're focused on ourselves. We're praying with wrong motives. We're praying for things. 
when we should be seeking first the kingdom, we're asking for all these other things to be added. And God says clearly, if you'll just seek first my kingdom, I'll take care of the rest. So purpose in prayer is getting to know God and standing in the gap for others, interceding for others. See, when we step into that place of intercession, we're standing between God and man, and we're pleading for God to have mercy, to show grace, to intervene, to show up. Like I prayed earlier when when I was praying for people's needs and praying for people's bodies to be restored and relationships and marriages and families to be restored. Why? Because God hears the cries of his people. And when we begin to speak and when we begin to pray things that are in line with what God is speaking and what God is thinking, it begins to come into the earth. The Bible says we have life and death and the power of our tongue. Jesus said, you have whatever you say. We can speak to the mountain and tell it to be removed and cast off into the sea. So prayer is speaking. Jesus said, when you pray, say. So part of praying is speaking and asking, petitioning and declaring and beginning to Speak forth what God has already declared in the earth. So it's asking and receiving. It's asking in faith, asking and believing, and then receiving. But it's also declaring and decreeing the things that the Lord is speaking, the things that the Spirit of God is releasing into the earth. Coming into alignment, prayer is coming into order, into God's order, coming into alignment with God. And part of the reason we don't see all of our prayers answered is because we're not in order. We're not in alignment with God. We're not in the flow of what God is doing and saying. And so when we begin to pray certain things from our own hearts, when we we begin to say certain things, from our own flesh or from our own point of view a lot of times those things they don't get answered because that's not what God is speaking that's not what God is declaring that's not what God is doing but as we begin to pray and get to know God and get to know his heart and get to know how he feels about a situation then we begin to speak out those things that's when we begin to see the prayers Become effective The book of James says The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man Availeth much We have to be fervent What does that mean? We have to be consistent We have to keep on We have to persevere in the place of prayer Don't stop praying Until you get your answer Don't stop You keep on praying 
You keep on believing. The Bible says that if you don't draw back, if you're not weary and well-doing, you'll reap a harvest if you faint not. So you keep going forward. It's like when you try to chop down a tree or saw down a tree. You start and you start getting a momentum and you keep going until you saw or chop all the way through. You don't just stop in the middle of it and then you wonder why the tree doesn't fall down. But you have to continue until you break through the other side. Prayer works the same way. You continue in prayer. You continue in declaring and decreeing. You continue in confessing the word of God over your life and over the lives of others until you break through and you get your answer. So there's a, not only is there purpose in prayer, but there's persistence in prayer. We have to keep on. Don't stop. The Lord says, I take no pleasure in him that draws back. Jesus said, put your hand at the plow and don't look back. Go forward and keep plowing. And to the farmer that's trying to till up the hard, dry ground, sometimes that's the hardest part of it before you actually plant the seed before you water, before you get the harvest, you've got to till up and plow up the ground so you make it ready. And sometimes prayer is tilling up and plowing the fallow ground, the hard ground. See, hearts are hardened, and life is hard. And sometimes you've got to pray and break through the hardness of people's hearts before they receive Christ, before they get a breakthrough. Before they begin to change. And sometimes you got to pray and break through the hardness of your circumstances. Before things change. So it's important to be persistent. In the place of prayer. Persistent and consistent. You keep on keeping on. So we're going to shift gears for a minute and go into a time of worship. Just begin to process. Begin to meditate on what we've heard. Meditate on the word of the Lord. And then we'll come back and continue in the word of God. And then we'll pray. We're here, God, because your promise has been fulfilled in us. We're here, God, because when we seek you, we find you. God, when we ask, we receive. When we knock on the door, you answer it. Your word is alive. Your word is alive today. It is truth. It is everything. I read. 
So we're talking about a powerful name of Jesus. You know, that song that I just put on, that's one thing. You know, when we come to God, we have to come in the name of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. And so maybe you say, well, I've prayed to God, but nothing's happened. My question to you is, did you come through Jesus? Have you been born again? Do you know Jesus as Savior? He said he's the only way to get to the Father. You know, if you don't, if you have not been born again, maybe you've been raised in church, maybe you're a member of a church, maybe you work at a church, but you've never been born again, you've never received Christ as your Savior, you've never decided to make Him Master and Lord of your life, maybe that's why you're not seeing your prayers get answered, because you've never truly given God control. You know, if you're in that position... If that's you, right where you're at, you can call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. The Bible says that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. See, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus shed his blood for you to make a way to the Father to make a way so that you can call God your Father. And right now where you're at, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. And if your sin and your unbelief and your doubt has brought a wall between you and God, right now the Bible says if you repent, If you turn away, and if you allow God to come in and destroy that wall, knock down that wall, you can be reconciled to God. So right where you're at, just say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I want to know you as my Savior and Lord. I turn my life over to you. And I ask that you would make a way so that God can become my Father. Lord, I pray your will be done and your kingdom come. I pray that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. Help me to have a relationship with you. And help me gain confidence. In the place of prayer Give me boldness to be A strong witness And thank you That heaven is my home In Jesus name amen Now listen There's no formula If you pray a prayer like that Or or pray that prayer Or something similar The main thing is is that you're turning your life over. You're asking God to break down the walls that separate you and him. And that you're approaching God with confidence so that he can be your father through the name of Jesus. You see, Jesus told us a lot about prayer. In the book of Matthew, chapter 6, There's a few things that he touched on. Uh, 
one of those was not praying to be seen, but praying in the secret place like I talked about earlier. He says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut your door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees it in secret will reward you. Matthew 6, verse 5 and 6. If we back up to Matthew 5, verse 23 through 24, Jesus talks about forgiveness. Remember when he, some of us call it the Our Father or the Lord's Prayer, but one of the verses, one of the parts of that prayer were, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. You know, Jesus said, if you're offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift before the altar and go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come offer your gift. In other words, make peace with people. Make peace with your enemies. Make peace with your brothers and sisters. Get things right between your family and friends. Walk in forgiveness and seek forgiveness. If you've offended somebody, seek forgiveness. If someone's offended you, then offer them forgiveness. Because, see, in God's kingdom, we reap what we sow. And a lot of times, just that that division, that lack of forgiveness in our lives, keeps us from a clear conscience before God. And God says, look, if you want to come talk to me, go make peace with this person first and then come talk to me. So maybe your prayers aren't getting answered because either, one, you're doing it to be seen a man, two, maybe you need to make peace with somebody and, and seek out forgiveness. So go do that. Maybe you'll see breakthrough in your prayer life. Another thing I wanted to point out, Jesus prayed before any important decision that he had. Luke 6, 12 through 13 says, In these days he went out into the hills to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples, and he chose from the twelve whom he named apostles. Before Christ chose the twelve apostles, or the twelve disciples, he spent all night in prayer. He prayed for wisdom. He prayed before he made an important decision. And before you make decisions in your life, it's important to pray over them. It's important to seek out God's wisdom. It's important to try to hear from God. Concerning the direction your life is going to go And the decisions that you're going to make Another thing I want to point out Concerning prayer Don't pray with empty phrases Matthew 6, 7 It says in praying do not heap up empty phrases As the Gentiles do For they think they will be heard for there are many words Prayer can be simple Prayer can be simple You don't have to just babble off These long lengthy prayers God's looking for your heart God already knows before you ask him anyways Just learn to communicate with God Simply 
and genuinely. The Bible says God is a spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. That means do it from the heart and be vulnerable, be open, be honest. Be genuine and honest before God in your prayers. And last thing I want to point out. Believe God will answer your prayer. Be bold about it. Mark eleven twenty four. Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you receive it and you will. Have faith. See, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Believe God. Learn to believe God. Learn to trust God so that you can have confidence that God is your friend and he's your father. And when you come before him and you ask, have confidence before God that you're going to receive. You're going to get what you ask. Be careful what you ask for. And make sure you're asking with the right motives. Make sure you're asking the right things because you may not want to get everything that you ask for necessarily. But believe God. So let's go ahead and close in prayer. Hopefully these scriptures, hopefully the things that I shared tonight shed some light brought you into a better understanding of prayer and some of the things we need to pray about and some of the mindsets and attitudes we need to have about prayer. And, of course, there's many, 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 many other teachings. You know, we're just scratching the surface tonight. There's so much more we can go in depth on this, and we will. We'll talk more about prayer the next night's coming up. But that's what we're here to do is help you find a deeper, more genuine relationship with God, help you in your prayer life, be a support in prayer. If you need prayer, we want to be here for you. If you're just tuning in, this is Prayer International Radio. You can always go to our website, www.prayerinternational.org. You can always find us on prayerinternational.gmail.com our Facebook page, or reach out to Sean Holmberg or Chris Herzog. You'll see our Facebook pages out there. You can always ask us for prayer. If you need prayer, just message us. So let's pray. Father, we just ask tonight, Lord, let your word grow deep in our hearts. Lord, let it take root. Let those seed of your word tonight actually produce a harvest in our lives. Father, we pray, Lord God, that your words, Father, would remain and produce fruit. Father, we pray, Lord God, for every person that heard your word tonight, every person that received you, as every person, Lord God, that has a need, that, Lord God, you would meet those needs. You'd reveal yourself in a mighty way. Father, that your peace and your presence and your power would be felt among our lives. Lord, that you would give us the courage and the boldness to go forward. And, Lord, we just ask, Lord God, for your will to be done. And we thank you, Lord, 
that you gave us, Jesus, and we thank you that you have a vested interest in our lives, and you want to be our friend, and you want to be our father. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Prayer International Radio. Have a wonderful night. Thank you again for tuning in. Be blessed.